Welcome to YouTube's favorite comic book channel, Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Ed Piscor. I'm Jim Rugg. The Weird Worlds Artist Edition is the subject of today's video. This is 150, 180 pages of Basil Wolverton Mania on display today. Uh, but before that, we want to let you guys know about Cartoonist Kayfabe comic book Christmas in July. This is our effort to uh, create more comic book readership. And the way that we've chosen to uh, do that is to hit the free little lending libraries in our neighborhood uh, across America and stuff those things to the gills with whatever kind of comics you have man be it your doubles if you're a cartoonist send your comp copies whatever uh, stuff these free little lending libraries with comics the very last Saturday in July and uh, let's celebrate uh, cartoonist kayfabe comic book Christmas in July by knowing that we've taken some action steps to uh, create future comic book readers uh, we have a patreon and that is part of what this video is brought to you by and the King K Fabers on the patreon are uh, privy to all of our videos before anybody else plus a live stream recording ses session with a few dozen people in there uh, right now we just started up uh, today this one's gonna go fast man uh, the, the weird worlds artist edition in fact the King K Fabers are scooping it up as we speak more power to them because this was a heroes pickup for me from heroes aren't hard to find the comic shop behind the great convention and i've been looking for this for a bit because it is out of print so yeah. if you guys are watching at home and you find one of these at a reasonable price grab it because they're not that easy to find yeah jimmy why don't you tell the story behind how, how we uh <laughs> how, you, how you acquired this piece man because it was a pretty big willy baller move uh yeah we uh we had a, a crowd had gathered around this book at heroes after party and Whenever I realized what everybody was looking at, I started asking if someone else was going to buy it. There were no takers, so fortunately I got it, got to come home with it. But it was very fun to actually sit in Heroes and go through this page by page with a bunch of cartoonists all weighing in on it. So how we'll about, share some of that insight today. How about the end pages, dude? I, this whole thing is just phenomenal. Look look at the scribbles already, because this is a blown up panel. Right. I, it's hard to tell how small this panel is for, to be blown up. And you can see how much he puts on the page pointillism here like a scribble texture here cross hatching basil wolverton there is no peer <laughs> but but he definitely has some influence and we'll call out some of that stuff as we get dipping into this here are guys who donated the pages in scans our man glenn bray is uh on the docket does this mean it's a third printing no no it's still first printing uh, I see. um but artist edition 18 so this is a pretty early uh pretty early edition yeah i don't think they even number them any longer nice intro piece by robert williams um fine art painter at this point juxtaposed magazine underground guy going back to zap like <laughs> we could go on and on about him he looks like a goddamn manson guy tex watson in it's, the flesh there this uh go, go back one more this is uh wolverton's famous piece right yeah lena the hyena um answering a contest for al cap and becomes one of the most famous cartoon images of the 20th century you got two bites of the of the um apple when it came to having a very unique position in in comics where his art was used on like the last panel of a, of a strip and the contest was building up with a little Abner man where he's gonna you know be be sold off to to some girl or something the veil gets you seen this chick walking around and she's got a veil for a while and then Al Cap is soliciting people like what, what's under that veil this drawing comes in and it shows up as like the last panel of a paper when the veil gets pulled up uh, his 
Wolverton's first issue of Mad, we we did a uh, an episode on with Warren Bernard that was one of our CGC snuff films, and it's the same deal. There's like a comic strip by Jack Davis. They're talking about the 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 writing on the wall or, or like a drawing on the floor, and then the very last panel you get to see what that drawing is, and it's a stat. It might even be the Lena the hyena. Yeah, and it's appeared in Life magazine at the time to give a little more perspective on just how what an impact that it, that image had yeah or reach i should say yeah which goes to show you the design of this cover was not uh an accident no absolutely not so you're seeing a good uh sample of his works uh because it is so early on scott dunbeer and crew didn't think to put the damn dates yeah i would have liked to have seen the dates and also the sources of these stories because powerhouse pepper appears in probably eight different titles um, over all, the course of many years. All timelies, I believe. Yes. You know, the, the precursor to Marvel. There goes your sound effect that you like to point out. It's it's so frequently used, and it's used in this way. You know parallel what? lines. This very much feels Al Cap-ish, where he has his own characters, but like the, the females all feel distinctly Cap-like. And this is one of those great, like the Golden Age artist editions often are two up, which yes. means the art is, is drawn at double the size of the printed piece. Look at my hand. It's barely the size of the of a tier of panels. Yeah, massive. There are, when, when he's going humanoid, you can't help but think of uh, Robert Crumb to an extent. You know, Crumb is definitely pulling from from his swag, from his style. Great depth of field here, huh? Where you have like very bold lines, brush Beautiful. brush inking on the foreground characters. Another one of those uh, zip is another <laughs> one of those sound effects that you can use that way. Um, he's also a very funny writer. He does a lot of alliteration. Not as much here, so maybe as he gets further along in this character, but like the lettering, just everything, really gorgeous. Nice Dutch angle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right about creating that foreground background, especially like the atmospheric perspective on those background buildings. Can't really take nice. it, yeah, can't take it for granted in this era. You know, like these guys were just slapping together comics, and uh, Powerhouse Pepper was kind of like an afterthought comic. Like these would show up in superhero comics or like romance comics, and it's like they just needed to fill another couple of pages. I think he was always a West Coast guy. Am, am I wrong? He's from the Pacific Northwest, and Fana has put out a couple of books like really reprinting all of his stuff but also telling his biography yeah had a hard go breaking into comics from 3,000 miles away from new york rejections miscommunications lost art everything that could go wrong did go wrong in his career so to have a document like this and have the career he had huge testament not just to his talent but also his will yeah absolutely man you guys have to think about like why would Marty Goodman in the heart of New York City even bother with some dude who lives 3,000 miles away when he has a thousand dudes in town that he could just uh, take pages from? Uh, that, that answer would be the art. That answer would be this, like the publisher who is probably in it to make money sees this as an attractive thing. There was a sign back there on the cabin, lemon and first aid. <laughs> Great textures uh, you know, on even the clothes yes. and stuff. Yeah, it's funny. Pepperhouse's costume, if you will, just that black and white stripe, but it pops. It pop, does. You know, it really stands out on all of these pages. Yeah. And the function of this is just, it's a gray. So, like, from a distance, it's just breaking up the, the space a bit. This video is brought to you by the Cartoonist Kayfabe Patreon. You can join at three different levels, get early access to our videos to offset the Kayfabe effect, and at the King K. Faber level, you get access to all of our videos early and the recording session live. It is also brought to you by the books that we make. 
My latest self-published book, True Crime Funnies, is now available on my website, jimrug.com. I am actually having a summer sale offering up some of my past comics that have been unavailable online, including my Blacklight comic, Octobriana 1976, my Wrestling Zine, a collection of wrestling art and covers that I've done over the years, as well as uh, screen prints and out-of-print zines and mini-comics like Rambo 3.5, While Supplies Last. Ed Piscor's upcoming books include the Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus. You see the cover proof here. This is going to be a beautiful book. Over 500 pages, including 140 extra pages, plus all of the Hip Hop Family Tree strips. This will be in time for the holidays this year, and it'll be the book of the holidays. There's also an upcoming X-Men Grand Design trilogy collection. All three volumes of X-Men Grand Design coming out later this year from Marvel in one handy volume. These have gone in and out of print, so if you need X-Men Grand Design in your life, and you do, that is the easiest way to pick that one up. Pre-order it now. And Red Room Crypto Killers, number one, this is the start of the third and final season of Red Room. These are coming out now monthly, so get those on your pool list. Let your comic shop know that you want to subscribe to Crypto Killers. And issue number three, which is coming out next, has a backup featuring a new set of characters that Ed will be working on for the foreseeable future. So could be a uh, great rock key to add to your collection. And now back to our video. He's kind of a classic... Um physical comedy guy totally. so you see these falls and a lot of physical comedy you know rope around a tongue pulling a guy out a window it's ridiculous there's a little powerhouse for you man but we're gonna go full maniacal as uh, the time goes on dude you know um we've talked like fletcher hanks as a cartoonist we've talked about a few times on here you see some of those parallels in this golden age there were a handful of guys that came out with their own voice and style yeah and Basil Wolverton may be the number one guy uh, in that regard. Absolutely. You ain't putting this guy on Superman. You know, he's independent of the studios that would have been producing work at the time where you had a bunch of different hands involved and kind of a rounding off the edges. Not so with Wolverton. Right? Like, the, 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 the crumb is there. Crumb is... Yeah, there's a huge influence, I think, on crumb, and you'll see it as we keep going through this book. Boy, the lettering, too. It's just a pleasure. Yeah, and it's clearly his hand. Like, that lettering is not on other comics. I mean, look at this, you know? Gorgeous. That's a day. That's a day's work. And this is at a time whenever people really are dashing out comics as fast as they can churn them out. <laughs> you know, with little to no consideration. It's like, get it get it outdoor. We're getting paid by the page. I and bet not you, very much. I bet you this here is editor shit. His name isn't Clark Berserk McJerk. It's <laughs> Piston Pete. <laughs> And then the editor goes on a two-hour lunch. <laughs> it's so silly. You can't heat this room with a blowtorch. <laughs> <laughs> you say that, but uh, when we had our last little blizzard over here at the Whitaker Projects, somebody had a charcoal grill in their house, and they got arrested for the the verbiage was something like inciting a catastrophe. Wow. The word catastrophe was in the charge. I believe it. Man, we were talking about the gray patterns. Look at this for an outer space pattern. And you're still getting a different texture than on your planet. And the swish <laughs> continues to rule. We were talking about this kind of stuff, man. And this is like a modest example of like, you decide you decide the treatment that you're going to give, the gray treatment that you're going to give to make that lettering pop. So then maybe you start at this corner or that corner. At what point do you say, like, do you say, fuck. <laughs> like, now I got to do this Not for the rest far, of yeah. that. <laughs> like, like, maybe just even that corner? Yeah, the corner. The, the corner on the top of the yes is where I'm like, oh boy. Or like idea. this, where you're like this and you're like, oh shit. 
It's so gorgeous, though. You know, like you look at this and it scribbles. Yeah, it is. It's, yeah, it's, it's just such an interesting little, texture. Little loop de loops to create outer space, and and it totally works. It does not like spatter. One line style. You know, you can imagine the pen just not coming up. Just yeah, scribble, scribble, scribble till you have the texture you want there. And you know, you can find Wolverton reprints. Like Dark Horse has done some. Fanographics has done some. Um, I've pulled them out of dollar bins. Yeah, yeah. Off the reprinted, you can find like old weird '70s reprints. And Glenn Bray's name is all over that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we looked at Glenn Bray's art book collection. Blighted Eye. And he Search does uh, a lot of great artists in there, but Wolverton was one of those guys he, I hate to say rediscovered, but I, I think he definitely brought him to another generation. Right. That's really sweet. It's so cool. It's very thoughtful as a cartoonist. You see this kind of stuff, and I start to think the Fleischer studio had an impact on, yeah. on Wolverton's ability it could be you also note like how good he is at lettering from sound effects to even like these cartoon symbols you could reverse engineer this and say what skills do you need to be a cartoonist especially a cartoonist who's doing it all yourself this is coming from a bunch of different hands so like whoever scanned these pages are really like uh jacking up the values yeah so you could just barely see a little bit because like i was i was looking at that and i'm like there's no way it could be that red right on the original yeah there's some color correction there and for people at home that don't know what we're talking about compare the last spread to this one where you can see the yellow of the paper a little bit and even that's cleaned up i would, I would yeah bet. yeah you see no brush strokes that's that's the thing with all of these but i think that some of it might have even just been the artist edition finding its footing that's true Man, this is this is a great example of that kind of maniacal obsession because we had looked at scribbling. These are not scribbles. It's perfect circles. These like are circles shapes. on circles. Like this is drawing twenty-five thousand circles. <laughs> you know, and it's part of what I love about him is that obsession. Now we're getting into some really awesome stuff. Space Hawk is one of those series that Dark Horse. I think they reprinted about four issues of this. Yeah. But you're looking at twelve-panel grids of incredible levels of detail and and let's talk a second about the printing of golden age comics and what must oh. that have turned into and even if it wasn't that bad when you start to put on like a cyan plate of color and you have dots competing with that you're just muddying it up a whole lot but but from uh the stuff that i remember seeing from space hawk a lot of hundred percent values it was almost like lb cool covers except on the inside yeah yeah well said and that, I think that's a good approach for this material. He's, he's, um, it's, it's, it's so interesting because there's a rawness to it that my mind goes to a place of folk art. Yes. But he's too good to be relegated with like outsider creators, really. Yeah, I heard a phrase at Heroes this weekend, American naive. I like that. And I think there's some qualities of that uh, that you can find here. I love these like moons and the planets. You know, keep watching those at home because you'll see, like, look at the just the cragginess of yeah. that planet, uh, the mountains, you know, like really taking something that could be a throwaway background and making them interesting in every panel. Looking at the sci-fi strips, it it tells me that he was very much informed by by pulp illustration. Yes. And that's where a lot of his hatching comes from, I have to imagine. It's kind of like the, you know, the, the etchings of yore. Mm hmm. I see bits uh, sometimes of like a Virgil Finley. Yeah. You know, these guys who were really great in black and white. Now, I now, put Overton in that class. Now, this was a conversation with us amongst the the, uh, the 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 kids that we were looking at this thing with. And we were like, okay, well, they didn't have screens or whatever back then. But like, that is such a fine gradient. Like, if you soften the focus of your eyes, 
you cannot I, I can't imagine you could control a spatter like that and as I, I say that I think I see a cut right there so I think it is a um I think it is a screen yeah, it'd be interesting to know what kind of material is available at that time yeah because screens because it's just too flat like like a, it's, a, it's a smooth gray like I could I could believe that this one has some of its own spatter because it's lighter here mm -hmm. darker here and then he's hitting it with some white to give you the shape of those cracks it's very artfully thought thought about he does gorgeous stuff with all of this black and white work it's not one technique that he's relying on no. like you can see him doing these parallel lines again you can see him feathering lines out a lot not, of pen work i think not on afraid this strip. yeah not afraid to use a tech pen which was just almost never done look at that just like very subtle lighting and and this is the complete opposite mentality of the job mentality of the jobber mentality because you ain't getting paid extra for that. No. And those jobbers would would tell you, like, listen, speed it up, speed it up, man. You're making us look bad. Love this. You've got two different sets of, like, you know, beams coming out of that ceiling. He's rendering them different. Different direction for the lines on those beams to really separate them out. Look at all the imagination on this page. you got several different kinds of, like, animals that look well thought about, like, in terms of anatomy and different angles on them. It's and, all imagination. Like, all those animals are made up. Exactly. This would have been such a wild comic for me as a kid, you know, at the height of loving monsters and monster movies, like, this stuff would have fit right in. Absolutely, and and it's raw enough that it feels achievable in terms of the, the book, like, you know, you take all of the fuss away and you look at the raw drawing, like, it feels like you could probably do that. This is your, uh... Yeah, the end pages. Your end pages, to just give you some idea of how big it got, gets blown up. That's really cool to see. I always love whenever you can find that piece in the in the context and see how big it is you know you mentioned this not being a jobber mentality you read those fanographic books about how hard it was for him to break in and you know it isn't like clearly it's a guy who's driven obsessed and in love with this right like almost has to do it you know the rawness of this makes me think it comes earlier than the piece that we just looked at it very well might have this is 1942 that's pretty early i think for him you know i think he's active into the 50s at least and so this may be some of his earliest work because it does look different than a lot of the comics that we saw you know pre-spacehawk some buck rogers influence i would bet the the lettering here i was talking about harold gray he would yeah. use a serif kind of font like this of the same kind of wobble and everything so i wonder if that's a harold gray stroke yeah the density of these pages just really you can't surprise yeah me. you can't take sort of stuff for granted like there is no gutter here and these grays are touching each other, but it's never confusing. No, he's really good at creating a different value whenever they're butted up against each other. Yeah, to help it, those panels. Here's a good example where it's like pretty close to the yeah. same value, but he's adding a little darker because he knows, you know, this is a, this is a pro. Yeah, you're not seeing a lot of tangents. You know what, man? Like this is Harold Gray too. Like Harold Gray would do this exact kind of thing. So like I'm, I'm feeling he's looking at Little Orphan Annie strips. He's looking at the dailies. That for, makes a lot of for sense. Sure. Good spaceship designs. Speaking of daily strips. Yeah, this is really fun. And and I wonder if this is like the oldest, because this looks very raw. It would not surprise me if this is just some submission that, you know, didn't end up selling. It flows, too. Like, like you know exactly what it is. He's a kind of Tom Thumb character. Gets caught with a shrinking ray. So that's like, <laughs> that is a perfect premise for a Basil Wolverton, in my Absolutely. opinion. Uh, I would like to see you know, late period Basil Wolverton tackle this bit. Like, okay, you shrink a guy. Now let me see you traverse paper clips. And they're so good. Like all the little details, 
the planets, the light sources. He's really bringing it. Did we come up with some conclusion on whether or not an Ames God existed in uh, the 30s and 40s? Like, that was a I conversation we had, yeah. Yeah, I believe it did, and he had to be using something. These are, you know, very consistent, the lettering lines. Yeah. <laughs> I love the uplighting. Makes me wonder, like, what contemporary artists have gotten into him. Because it's hard to imagine a Charles Burns doesn't love this stuff. But I don't see it exactly in a, in a Burns work. Right. Check out how dope this is, man. Playing with spatter, mm -hmm. you know, you concentrate most of it up here and let the overspray kind of blend as you fucking spatter that part. But then he's hitting, he's hitting the, the lighted, you know, he's thinking about the lighting. So clearly there are these beams and stuff coming from here. So he's hitting those ends of the craters and really creating that beautiful 3D effect. Yeah, it's a stunning piece. And and, and this moon could, could probably do, be done in five minutes. Right. And it's signed Bay Wolverton. So this is another one I look at and think like, how old is this piece? Right. Because the perspectives are, there's some weird stuff in there. It there's looks some like, really good stuff, but some weird stuff. Yeah, it looks like fanzine artwork. Yeah. You know, yeah, like I wish it was very dated. Um, I wonder if there just weren't dates available for some of this stuff. There, uh, there's it's the, these strokes, these raw ones, where you just know he's tearing up the paper with the ink and all that. Very Harriman like. Mm -hmm. And then you get over here, and it's so controlled. Yeah. From these background heavy lines here too, like if that's done with a nib, putting pressure down to get that heavy line, and then you cut down here, and it's these perfect edges, no holding line or anything, but just very controlled. And even the ground plane, now we go to horizontal instead of the vertical lines. Speaks more to that Fleischer, that, like that old animation that would just be surreal, psychedelic. You can see why like some of those underground dudes in the 60s probably gravitated to this stuff. <laughs> this is just insane. <laughs> what is that? Damn, this is another like fanzine type, super old looking piece. And we were looking at this, and I was wondering if, I think this might be, see, because the levels are blown out, can't tell but i think it is a a duo tone yeah and but he's doing interesting stuff with it like he's not letting it lay even so he's like maybe like you know got some kind of spongy dauber you know like you could kind of see the daubs yeah coming in with white on top there's just so much going on there i wonder if that's a submission too or if that's something that was actually printed and now we're working under a pseudonym yeah <laughs> I'd like to Which think it's funny because he's signing it down here. So maybe this was a fill-in or something. I'd like to think that he uh, got rejected from that publisher, and he was like, "Well, let's see if they like Dennis Langdon work." <laughs> He'd be hard to obfuscate. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> you're not you're not fooling too many people with this. You see the the basil ain't on all of this stuff, so I think that that might have gone on afterward. Hmm. Maybe that was the editor. Uh doing some of his editing hey basil you're filling in look at that for a shirt design amazing shirt design great Her textures stuff, like when he started to develop this style it took him a while to figure out how to draw the girls mm. like that's pretty fucked up that like, that's very scary there's some golden age covers with him that are like horror covers yeah and that's you had to be able to draw a good looking girl so you yeah. get like all the cool basil wolverton stuff and then like this pretty face in the middle of it and it's it's very weird we were looking at this stuff for line making and, and movement and stuff really an interesting effect yeah yeah just kind of you got the consistent coat so that you see that he's just able to like ch change his jibs look at that cauliflowered ear dude mm. we're starting to push toward the grotesque oh we're, i think we're there we're getting there 
You'll that, see what we're there. This mustache is almost like hair coming out of the nostrils. Yeah. It's <laughs> a <So> gross look. <laughs> yeah, and that that's like, you know, Barney Google or like uh, Mutt and Jeff, like that era of cartooning. Love the big heavy line too, the outline. Yeah. That's a piece I don't think about all that often, but it really pops here. Let's him get that full gray range. Got the bald head neck hot dog mm -hmm. times four. This is a wild drawing. Such a profile. Could be a cyclops coming at him. All right. Oh, there's that girl again. She's the stuff of nightmares. It's strange. I see so much contemporary cartooning in some of this stuff, too. You know, like an eyeball here or a line there that reminds me of, like, Gilbert Hernandez, some of those heavy lines. So I imagine this is a script that he's, like, showing an editor how to beat your wife. Something tells me it didn't get fully developed. Yeah, surprised to include this one. I, I don't know that this is a hit. Well, you got to include it all. I'm glad they did. But maybe if it was a 2023 book, it wouldn't be in there. This feels later, right? Like uh, getting into more of that mature kind of stuff that we would see in yeah. in his Mad Magazine type illustrations. This I feel like this actor's in Goodfellas. <laughs> it's a funny. It's a funny version. <laughs> it is nearly Harvey P. Carr. Mm. Really makes you think how much we could be pushing character designs. Totally. Because he is a wide, wide range of these. Look at that backed out lettering. That's never easy to do. Right. Well, see, we're not getting the full picture because the levels are blown out a little bit. But but uh, you, I guess you're suggesting that, that he's it's all ink. It looks outlined to me. Now, now we're in full crumb mode. Right, like the stuff that Chrome probably was directly like looking at, because like that is down to his proportions. And then you gotta appreciate some wrestling. Yes. Throw some wrestling strips in there. <laughs> Put some tickle powder in his draws. I was watching Tales from the Territories, and there was a lot of like Tiger Balm, <laughs> and like when they were describing what they were doing to each other, it's the most vicious because it would be like every sensitive part of your body, like the underarm of a T-shirt, and it's like you just know that that skin probably is the most sensitive and fucked up more of your circles mm -hmm. and and you could see like he's starting to butt things up against the guy so he has to make some creative choices to get this character to still pop and it's not fully successful you probably would want to give even more of a margin thinking in terms of when this is getting how this is getting reduced and in, 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 for publishing yeah i wish there was more info on that too because these are spot illustrations for something you know probably a magazine of some sort or a comedy magazine so we talk about like you develop develop a style but then you have to get other everything to work within that style and he's really achieved great water texture with his maniacal hatching yeah beautiful clouds too with those parallel lines for a sky something i often praise al williamson on daredevil yeah for doing that that kind of effect and to me i think of this as kind of his mature sure look sure there will be a more mature piece sooner than later we got to see some some wolverton at the billy ireland and he uh he works on uh, 500 strathmore uh which is like the best bristol you could get yeah heavy illustration board yeah look at that paste up eyeballs hmm. he wasn't happy with what he first put down good eyebrows you just had your eyebrows it's like eugene levy or something yeah somebody like that i enjoy these 3d teeth yeah <laughs> That's old school, man, when people used to have the wooden dentures. Right. 
This is fun. Ballpoint pen, red ink, probably red ink. Yeah, ballpoint pen from like uh, days of yore. That shit would be way gone. It would be yellow. See, this is mature, mature Wolverton. Yeah, is that a 72? I guess so, huh? This might be the stuff that uh, Glenn Bray commissioned yeah, for, for that uh, for that little uh, zine he put together. Look at this, man. Yeah, drawn for friend Glenn Bray. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> With the wow. thanks to the manufacturers of Cheerios. I feel like this could be our thumbnail for uh, a comic drawn by an older fella. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. These are templates, by the way. I was looking at that very closely, That's and it's cool. circle templates, like perfect circles in that eyeball. And that just yeah, no, you know what, drugged dude? out, popped out eyeball. It's it's not, man. It it's a compass because you can see the needle. You see the needle right in the very middle, man. I don't know how somebody does a little circle like that with a compass. That's a hard thing to do. Yeah, no, I think you got a good pen, you could do it. Yeah, because those those are perfect circles around it. Like that is a needle. This is another sure. classic. The veins. <laughs> it's so good at doing different texture on there. Yeah flaky dandruff head looks like the san andreas like fault it's really gross <laughs> and just like one a, a connective network of veinage veins and wrinkles <laughs> i don't even know what's going on here <laughs> this is like that plant from a few pages ago the, the, i'm Head's pretty sure this out. is a reasonably sober guy yeah i think so yeah yeah a uh, devout christian oh yeah we'll be getting into some of that right Here we, Here we go. go. <laughs> I, I thought originally that this book was mostly made up of these Bible drawings. And I think that's why uh, a lot of people didn't grab it because they, they, in their minds, I, like, they're like, I want, you know, like, like the stuff that we just looked at. I would say that this cover is not the most attractive. For in terms of like what's inside here, there were a lot of better drawings yeah. to put. This is one of those Bible drawings on though. the cover. Yeah, it is. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's that's what led you to believe. There was a collection but, of those, and that's expensive in the aftermarket. But when you get here, it's like no, I'm totally satisfied. I would I would love to look at this. They're beautiful. Like these are just like fine art drawings. But he's he's really figuring out that hatching stuff because like it doesn't go anywhere. It's it's a singular value, a lot of the times, you know. Some duo shade pieces. Duo shade on top of the hatching. Like, let's see what that looks like in print. Yeah, I'm curious about that. These are fun, like very detailed buildings. Makes me wonder, like, did he draw this at this size? Do you think this is you know, bigger and being guys, reduced? Because that's nuts, that, that detail. I'm going to stick my head into the camera a little bit. Yeah, that's... that's that is obsessive. Like, like, I mean, this too. Because, mm -hmm. like, you could do, like, a couple. Yeah, and he kind of did, right? Like, like the intention was probably to do all that. But then he's like, I'll just do this. But even making those marks, you could get lazy. And he never gets lazy. There's another. Yeah, this is, like, it's so neat with the perspective, like, the dark line that is not going over those very, very thin, I'll call them gutters, but, you know, like, those very thin white lines. Yeah. Like, he's dragging hundreds of black lines up to that neatly. He can be a Notomo assistant. That's what I think of too with some of these. Yeah, there's your cover. Yeah, that's not the image to put uh, from all the stuff that we looked at. That's not the image to put on the cover. That's amazing. <laughs> Again, for just the grossness of looking at that. <laughs> Boy, he figured out textures that just are. One of the things ugly. that he's great at is is uh, consistent lighting. Because like when you start to play with this, you start to make choices. 
you want to kind of stick to that because it's 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 obvious if you don't if you have like mm -hmm. it's obvious when you're just like you developed a, a hatching and you're just putting it everywhere and, and it, there's no consistency but even like the textures into the white here that's such a smart drawing approach any ideas here jim <laughs> play-doh is new i have no idea i have no idea what this stuff is for it's wild it's so creative like brain texture but not brain shape right you know just floating in that dude's soup head <laughs> the adam's apple's disgusting it keeps that cartoony element too like those eyes are classic cartoon eyes yeah but just grafted onto the most disturbing everything else this really bothered me like having to, like like <laughs> yeah, cut, cut because it looks like you got hit with a hatchet a bunch of times i like how he does the play-doh or the spaghetti hair yeah one more of those textures but really stands out and if you look close on these you can see that he's making those thick lines with several pen lines yeah yeah this too like you could see some some uh, void inside so it's like maybe he put the uh dip pens down now this is a revelation never seen him play around with airbrush before those look really great like looking at the monitor yeah they look so tight whenever you reduce them a little bit it's it's a, another one of those strange images and look how close he is to the edges of the page like just really <laughs> filling up the space also looks like that old Fleischer Brothers kind of animation it does like I wonder if this would be in magazines yeah I wonder if this would be hanging out with Robert Williams because mm. I, I would guess he would have some airbrush stuff laying around working on cars and things right there's your throat goat. Mm. Nice tonsillitis. That got a pop. <laughs> I think this guy was at uh, Heroes Con. <laughs> I think I think four of him were at Heroes Con. Say more Con. than one. Him and his three triplet brothers. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is fun. This feels like just inventive. Like he's drawing and kind of like thinking of weird stuff to put on. It's all consistent. Yeah. Doesn't veer off at all. getting Roman with it that could almost be a caricature I several of these it's like it's there's a, there's an element wow. of uh, Hirschfeld to begin and then you just yeah that's a good call add the I love that you see him doing like he doesn't have stock eyes doesn't right. really have stock anything yeah yeah you know but, even these ears look how different they are totally you know, like I always think I draw the same ear every year I draw right We'll have to cut that out <laughs> me and hacking out ears but you know like how different these two eyes are right like you've got two women characters there very different approaches to eyes yeah lips nose all of it <laughs> i feel like i've seen her a couple of times it's a proto karen that's great but even here like look how different the eyelashes are if you look at those last four drawings yeah totally different approaches to eyelashes <laughs> brothers grunt yeah, you could learn a lot for character design going through this book. The key to a lot of this kind of stuff is uh, do not be symmetrical. Like, have a fat part, have a skinny part compared to, like, the other lines. Like, the taper like this rather than like that. Even here you have it. It's, it is skinnier up top, and then it gets wider. That feels like your classic uh, 1960s mean boss. Right. 
I feel like this is an image that I would think about often. Yeah, very disturbing. The more you look at it, the more upsetting it is. <laughs> Born 1909. Great little artist edition, man. Yeah. Like I say, I'm excited to spend some time with this and just really kind of take some stuff in terms of the character design and the cartooning. Yeah. Get the impression that the uh, editors and designers appreciated that water texture also, huh, Jimmy? Oh, it's it's amazing. How couldn't you? I feel like a more late period uh, Basil Wolverton will put some bubbles right about there. Bubbles would be a good choice. <laughs> <laughs> Look Kirby at the foam. Crackle. Good foam. You know what it all is. And then there's no white out there as far as the scan reveals, but it's just controlled hatching. You know what there is, though, is like an ink wash. wonder if something got wet there before yeah. it was dried. It didn't pass the spit test. This is the kind of lighting that I adore, man. And, and it's one of the things in, in Crumb's work that I really like because it really, like, I, I spent some time trying to figure out how to, how to do that. It really sell, sells you on the, the three-dimensionality of this 2D drawing. I also like that he's doing cartoony stuff, like very, very cartoony style. Yeah. But it doesn't shortchange on the rendering. Like I see a lot of cartoony style today where it's almost like, oh, this is my shorthand for like draw it real fast. Right. I don't feel like this stuff is drawn real fast. Well, Not it may all. be, but he's putting the time in so that whatever he makes up for on a quick outline of a figure, he's not done with the piece yet. You yeah. know, like this kind of rendering and stuff. There's no real shortcut to that. There it is, man. Basil Wolverton's Weird Worlds Artist Edition. If, if you're good to go, I'm good to go, Jimmy. Yes, sir. Kayfabers, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell so that we can notify you when new videos are available. Cartoonist Kayfabe Comic Book Christmas in July is coming the very last Saturday in July. We're taking a bunch of our comp copies. We're taking a bunch of our comic book doubles. We're going around to the free little lending libraries in our neighborhoods and uh, stuffing those fresh comics into those boxes in an attempt to expose people to, uh, to more comics. And uh, we're quite sure that some comic book readers will be generated that way. It's going to be fun, Jimmy, in a couple of years when uh, people start coming out saying that that's how they found their first comics and things. Uh, it's going to happen. So that'll be the last Saturday in July. We encourage you guys all to uh, participate in that. But we also have a Patreon and that is where the King Kayfabers are seeing these videos uh, first. I took a little Google search uh, online before we did this video, Jimmy. There's a couple weird, weird worlds out there, but there might not be now because the King Kayfabers bought them. Uh, so join our Patreon. You have access to our live stream and the videos before anybody else. But ultimately, the videos are brought to you by the books that we make. So, Jimmy, tell the people what you got. My latest book, self-published, True Crime Funnies. Three short stories, nonfiction. And uh, people were asking, it just debuted last week, and now it's available on my website by the time you're watching this video, jimrug.com. I'm also putting up some of my extra comics from the past few years, like my Blacklight Octobriana, Wrestling Zine, and whatever other extras I have pulled out of my boxes of comps and, and doubles and all of that. So join me on there to fill out your Jim Rug collection and join me on patreon.com slash jimrug to read my latest comics. The canaries are gleaming on the Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus. This is the size of the spine. It's going to be 504 pages of comic material collecting all four volumes of Hip Hop Family Tree with about 140 pages or so of additional material. That's coming to you in time for the holidays. So scoop it up, put in, put in your pre-orders now. So many of you have pre-ordered already, but I bet you if you think about it, you got a Hip Hop fan in your life. And this is going to be the... Like, they don't know about this. That's going to be an amazing present 
to people. There's also going to be, in time for the holidays, the X-Men Grand Design Trilogy is coming to you in trade paperback format. So make sure you get your hands on that. And the scale of this lets you sort of know. It's The, the hip-hop book is almost uh, like uh, the, the standard size. Red Room, Red Room Crypto Killers is the latest comic that I'm working on. Issue 2 should be out any time now at this point, man. Uh, Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit is the name of the game. Each of these comics is completely self-contained. So if you see an issue of Red Room, scoop it up and make sure you put in your orders for Red Room Crypto Killers 3. That's going to be a hot key because the backup feature is the subject of the daily strip that I'm working on now. The daily strip is not released yet. I'm going to get 100 strips done before I start putting it out, but uh, I will make it available uh, when, when the time comes. But that comic's going to be a hot one uh, in terms of... Uh, the Eddie P. Bibliography. What else do we got going on, Jimmy? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe newsletter at the links below the video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts, merchandise, hats, fanny packs, stickers, and more at our spread shop. That link is also under this video. All good ways to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Give them those marching orders and we'll be on our way, Jimmy. Make more comics.